You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. The Knicks-Rockets game, I mean, I mean, I was going to say, I was, I, was, I was this close to cursing right now in all the years. <laughs> in all the years I've been hosting Sports Talk Radio, I've never slipped. I was just about to do it. And I was going to say, I mean, damn, if the Knicks can't beat the Rockets, then, yeah, you know what? The sky is falling. Anita Marks with you. We're going to talk a lot about the Knicks, especially in this first hour. Um, unfortunately, they lose to the Magic. What is wrong? I think there's a laundry list of things that are wrong. I will lay them out for you. We will open up the phone lines. Let's have the discussion. And I guess, really, the bigger question is, how confident are you that they can kind of get out of this this funk? What do we want to call it, guys? By the way, Ty and Jake are producing the show back in the studio is this, is this, uh, we, do we want to call it a rut? Do we want to call it a funk? What do we, like, I don't know. Let's think about that. Like what the Knicks are in right now, because it is not good. Is the Houston Rockets exactly what the doctor ordered later on this afternoon at five o'clock? Possibly. Listen, they've lost 13 straight. They're one in 14. They're 0 and 9 on the road. So, uh, so we'll definitely dive into that, uh, Mark Berman is going to join us at 1 o'clock. We'll do an even deeper dive at the top of the second hour. As always, it's Saturday. What does that mean? You get a nice dose of Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network at 1.30. Joe Wiz will pop on at 2.30 with some plays. As always, uh, we'd like to give you some plays, hopefully some college plays as well, that you could win some money today, later on this afternoon, the late afternoon games, heading into the evening games, where you're heading into Sunday, uh, playing with a little house money. That's great. Uh, we'll have a click or don't click. As always, Ty and Jake lead the way in regard to what is trending between noon and three on this Saturday afternoon. Um, we'll talk about the Giants. Do you feel the Giants have what it takes to upset a Bucks team that's lost two in a row? Possibly. I'll tell you what. Plus 11 is one of my favorite plays this week. Plus 11 is one of my favorite plays. A big, and, and we need to stay on top of what's happening with Logan Ryan. That's a really, really big key as well, by the way. Uh, such a, a vital part of that defense, especially if uh, Gronk is expected back, which everything I'm hearing, he is expected to suit up and play. The Bucks will still be without A.B. Antonio Brown. Did you guys hear this, that the reports are that he's got a fake Vax card? Did you guys hear that? I heard that story, and it's very Antonio Brown-like, so I'm not surprised. Well, his, his attorney came out and said that is false. It's not true. But I will, I will tell you this. I know they're out there. I know they're out there. Um, and it's a thing. Fake Vax cards are a thing. You sound like you know a guy. I do know a guy, but I don't need it because I'm vaccinated. Um, in fact, I'm 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 going to get my third booster after the I'm waiting till after the holiday because, again, I, I don't want to make the show about me because it's not. But, um, you know, I, I'm I, I got I got deathly ill with both the vaccine and, and the and the second booster. I mean, I was a, I was a hot mess. Did I send you the photo? Didn't I send you guys the photo of? What I look like after 24 hours. Oh, it was uh, so. Um, anyway, I just don't want to deal with that until after the holidays. After the holidays, I'm going to get my third booster. I don't need a fax, a, a fake vax card. But apparently, allegedly, this is what is being reported. And but Antonio Brown's camp is saying that is false. It is inaccurate. It is not true. <laughs> but but Jake, you're right, man. Like track record, right? Track record speaks for itself. So it does sound like something Antonio Brown would do. But 
allegedly, we have to use that word, right? Um, he does have a fake one. So we'll see what happens there. But still, uh, apparently his ankle injury is pretty severe. So uh, regardless of the, the Vax card or not and what the NFL might do if it is confirmed that he does have a fake Vax card, uh, that's neither here nor there. He's just physically unable to play on Monday night against the Giants. So we'll dive into some Giants talk. And then, uh, and then of course, we got the Jets going with Joe Flacco. Whoa. Uh, Full disclosure, I was in Baltimore. I was working in Baltimore. I was hosting an afternoon drive in Baltimore when uh, the Ravens drafted both Joe Flacco and Ray Rice at the same time. I know Joe quite well. Um, I, uh, I, used to <laughs> I, I used to have dinner with him and a few of the coaches every Wednesday night at Ruth's, Ruth's Steak, Steakhouse, Ruth Chris Steakhouse uh, there in, in, in Baltimore. Really could not, Joe Flacco could not be a nicer, you could not meet a nicer human being on the planet than Joe Flacco. Really down to earth, really cool, really nice, really smart, great. Uh, you know, played played through injury, played hurt. I don't think people realize how many people how how many players don't do that. Oh, I've got an ingrown toenail. I can't play today. Uh, never. I just I I can't I can't say enough wonderful things about Joe Flacco, but I don't believe this is the right decision to start Joe Flacco tomorrow against the Dolphins and we'll get into all those reasons why and I've buried the lead I know Mama Mibi my mom is uh, a listener's is our listeners one of our listeners favorite guests when she's on with me because she's such a hoot uh she's going to be on at two o'clock this afternoon it's so funny this morning she sent me she's prepping Ty you saw it right you saw my tweet she's she takes these radio hits so seriously right especially when you when we're talking about her Miami Dolphins and so she sent me her prep list, and I posted it up on Twitter. So if you want to check it out, at Anita Marks, Mama Mimi prepping for the Miami, yep, the Miami Dolphin Jets uh, segment, and that's appointment radio at two o'clock. Uh, definitely, you don't want to be driving when we have her on. You definitely want to pull over. And uh, she's uh, she's she's a handful, but I love her to death. So that's our show. Um, I'm really excited. There's a lot to get to. But again, like I said, uh, let, let's start with what's going on with the Knicks. And as we know, they're 8-7. and seven. They're 3-5 and five at home. They started the season great. We talked about it last week. 5-1. and one. Woo! The Knicks, man, picked up where they left off. Only got better with the addition of Walker and Fournay. And then what's happened? They've lost 3 of 4. And they lost to the Magic. 104 to 98. So, some concerns? Absolutely. Right? Now, they're taking on Houston, the Rockets, later on today. Like I said earlier, they're 1-14. They've lost 13 straight, 0-9 on the road. Okay. I mean, this is, again, like I said, this very well could be what the doctor ordered for this team. But it's, there is so much that is wrong here that it's not just going to take one game against the Rockets to make it right. And how, how, how do they correct all that's gone wrong, right? <laughs> how do they correct all that's gone wrong, right? Okay. Um, so here's my list. I, I sat down. I, I did a deep dive into all that, that I think needs some correction. And first and foremost, and, and obviously in, in the most glaring issue, is that Julius Randle is just not right. Right? Um, last, and, and, and I think a big reason why, it's, and, and it's kind of, I, I think it's a double-edged sword. Because this is, this is a team that let Reggie go which he was a big key to their defensive 
prowlness, however you want to phrase it, right? How great uh, the uh, Knicks defense was last year. But then you brought in Kimball Walker and you brought in Fournay to, of course, help with the offense. In order to win in the NBA now, you've, you you got to drain the threes. You're not, you're not going to keep up with the Joneses by shooting twos when uh, the other teams out there that are making it to the playoffs and winning championships are draining threes. So I, I, I get... I, I get the decision-making process, but in doing so, now the intent was to bolster your offense even though you were losing a, a really sound defensive player. But what's happening is neither of these guys are contributing right now, right? Walker's not contributing both, both on offense and defense. And, um, and so I, I think what's happening here is that it's a new dynamic in regard to this offense and Julius Randle is out of rhythm. Like last season, what did we say last season? Last season, we talked about Randle. He was the man, right? Everything ran through him. He was the man. And how many times, countless times, hosting Sports Talk Radio, did we have the conversation and Knicks fans calling in and, hey, you know, do you really think that he's, he's, he's an, uh, an alpha, an A, a guy that an offense can run through? And then, of course, we got into the postseason. We saw what happened with Atlanta. Want, want, want. No, he's not. Okay. So now you bring in Walker, you bring in Fournier. It's not working right now, but it's not working right now. Right? And so I, I think based on, on what I'm seeing, when I do watch this, this Knicks team play and, and the conversations I've had with a few coaches in, in trying to do a deep dive analysis into what is wrong here, is that the offense is just out of sync. And Julius Randle's still trying to find his way. And, and there's, there's, there's not a lot of time. Like, he has to find his way quickly because Walker and Fournier are not delivering in the expectation what we saw in the beginning of the season. So it's, 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 it's this vicious kind of circle that it, it all has to come together, right? On top of that, 18 turnovers. The other night against the Magic, you're not going to win 18 turnovers. Not playing. You know, it's one thing you lose talent on defense, but it's another when you don't play with the intensity. And that's on Tibbs because that's Tibbs' specialty. Not sure what more he needs to do to motivate. If, if, if the shots aren't falling, your percentage, especially from, from three-point, you brought these guys in to be a more aggressive three-point shooting team, but they're not, they're not falling, then you've got, you've got to elevate on the opposite side of the court. And that's not happening either. And then last but not least, what's going on with the center spot? Noel's hurt. He's banged up. And, and Robinson, you know, it's hit or miss. There's no consistency there with him. So, I, I, again, I, I, know, I know it's a laundry list of things. Um, I don't think it's just one thing that we can pin our finger on and say, all right, this is it. This is what needs to be corrected. It's a number of things. But, and can they be corrected? Yeah, I think in time. You know, whenever, it's, it's not just the Knicks. I mean, and, and, and I'll, you know, I'll use LeBron James as an example. And I know the Lakers are struggling right now. Ty's a huge Lakers fan. Prior to, to coming on the show, we launched the show. I said, dude, what's wrong with your Lakers? He's like, LeBron just got back and, you know, they just, they just need some time to gel. Okay, maybe that's the situation here. 
And it's not just this year with LeBron. It's wherever. You know, when he go, you know, he was in Miami, they needed time to gel. When he went to, back to Cleveland, they needed time to gel. Now they add Westbrook. They need, so is it just a matter of time? Do you, and, and, and here's another one for you. 800-919-3776. Do you have faith? You know, do you have faith that it is just time? Do you have faith in Tibbs? You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. I'm concerned. And the reason why is because Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett still don't use their right hand. I don't know why. Somebody needs to kidnap them and don't allow them to use their left. Uh, do what you got to do to handcuff their left hand so they can learn that you're supposed to use both hands. You got two of them for a reason. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Kimball Walker, who has been a relative disappointment. Mm-hmm. And, and Fournier, I don't know what the hell has happened to him. He's fallen off. And I'm looking at Tom Thibodeau as well because the offense seems fairly predictable. And we all know what the reputation of Tom Thibodeau is. He's in an elite defensive mind offensively he's a bit challenged at times and when I'm looking at the personnel they clearly don't have better personnel than Chicago Milwaukee Brooklyn Atlanta Philly and stuff like that you got to play defense and you got to get elevated level of production and it ain't happening and it ain't happening Stephen A. Smith 800-919-3776 let's go to your calls uh let's go to Greg in Piscataway Greg welcome in good good afternoon Greg, you there? Okay. All right. Try to call back. Let's go to Alpha in Brooklyn. Alpha, welcome in. Hey, Anita, how you doing? Um, I'm great. Welcome so, in. With the Knicks. Awesome, awesome. With the Knicks, man. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the, the crowd or there's something about playing at the Garden that just has, like, the starting lineup is not in it. Um, Julius Randle, like, ever since the Atlanta series, uh, I told my homies that the Monstars took his mojo, and he, he hasn't gotten it back. I don't know if it's a big deal or what. Um, and um, I, don't, I don't know, man. I, I think it's the lineup is just not meshing well. So let me know your thoughts on if we need to make a switch in the lineup or something like that. Well, thank you for taking my call. You got it. But here, here, you know, here's the concern, you know, you – if you're messing with the lineup too much, then you're taking away from, you know, the opportunity to find that rhythm, to find that that groove. Um, so I, I think I think there's a fine I think there's a fine line there. Let's go to Anthony in Bay Ridge. Anthony, welcome in. Good afternoon. Anita, as a Knicks fan, thanks for taking the call. First, as a Knicks fan, you just gotta. I think number one, you have to preach patience. It's very early in the year. However, I got chastised for this. I think I said it to Chris Carl and I had called in. I am not a big Julius Randle fan at all. He was exposed in the Atlanta series at best, and I mean at best, he's a two on a good team, a second-best player on a good team, and I think he's a three. Um, you look around the Eastern Conference, you look at Chicago. They have two top six scorers in the league. You look at Washington, you look at Atlanta still, who's got off to a rough start. And then obviously the big boys, the Brooklyn's and the Milwaukee. Where did the Knicks fit? Where did the Knicks find themselves in this? Not in a good place. RJ Barrett, I mean, I don't want to say he's been a bust because that's probably a little strong, but he hasn't been what he was in Duke. He's not really I mean I mean, he's a rotational player. He's a rotational player. That's just what he is. 
Julius Randle, like I said, is probably a two or three on a good team. Um, Evan Fournier, he's supposed to come to the Knicks as a lights-out shooter. It looks like his lights have been out. He can't hit. I mean, it's, it's, it's embarrassing sometimes to watch him shoot the basketball. Derrick Rose, yeah, he's played well. But, I mean, Derrick Rose is at the end of his career. Kemba Walker, they took a flyer on, hoping that he could re- recapture some of the magic being back in his city. And it just hasn't happened. I don't see the Knicks. I do see them making the playoffs this year, sneaking in at the end of it, maybe like as a as an 8 or maybe that 9-10 play-in. But last year was an outlier, Anita. They need to do something to get premier talent on this team, especially when you look at a Chicago and they got a Zach Levine. They have DeMar DeRozan. These guys are elite scorers, man. This is a scorer's league, and the Knicks do not have anybody that can consistently – consistently get their own shot and consistently put the ball through the hoop. Yeah, Anthony, we're, I mean, and, and thanks for the phone call, and it's a solid call and it's solid concerns, and, and, and this is absolutely what we're seeing. Um, one can only hope that, uh, that, that they could turn it around and get the production that, you know, they were anticipating from Walker and Fournier, especially since they, you want to call it a gamble? I mean, listen, their defense... I don't think last season was an outlier. I don't. Again, like I said, I think I think Julius Randle thrived in the position he was in where the offense went through him. Yes, was he exposed in the playoffs when night in and night out he was facing, you know, a, a contender, a better defense in Atlanta? Yes, he was. Um, so I think this new role for him is a little something for him to get used to. And and they're they're just they're they're missing the the defensive identity the the aggressiveness the swag. But unfortunately, on the offensive side of the ball, you know their shooting percentage, especially from three point, is is just it's it's not producing the way that they thought. Could that turn around at, at some point in time and at some point in time soon? Hopefully. You're listening to Anita Marks on ninety eight point seven. ESPN. The decision to go with Joe Flacco, I don't get it. I don't get it. Before we start diving into some uh, NFL talk, let's go to Sergio in Jersey. Sergio, what's up? Good afternoon. How are you? Great. I'm sorry. Hold on one second. I had to take you a speaker. How you doing, Anita? Deep fan. We've talked a few times. I love your passion. I love your intellect. You know what you're talking about. You are a true all-star. You know that, right? <sighs> It's nice, Sergio. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's true. It's true. Um, I'm a big fan. But anyway, I don't understand why such advocacy for Ben Simmons. I don't get it. I, I guess people that have been advocating for him haven't seen him lately. Haven't seen the news. Uh, how he's turned down some help. How he's, uh, you know, how he completely gave up on in the Toronto series and, and you know gave up on that final play with Kyle, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Um, he's just running around like a 13 year old little boy, like. He has, he just doesn't have any fight. He doesn't have any desire. You can just see the, the body language, his facial expressions. Like, listen, they just need to cut ties with him, literally, and just let him go back to go play b-ball somewhere. Go to, go to, um, go, <laughs> go somewhere else and play because you sure he spoiled Ryan. That's that's the spoiled mentality of today's uh, ball players, um, today's generation. You know. There's no reason in the world to be that bad of a person that you're, you're basically you're robbing the Philadelphia 76ers. You're you're holding them without gun, without a gun. You just hold them up for it. All the money, 
that you don't deserve? Like, how did you put his head on, on a pillow at night? How does anybody with that attitude put their head on a pillow at night? I don't get it. I just don't. People aren't really paying attention if they think, that, oh, bring him to the Knicks, I'll bring him to the Nets. And it's like somebody else was talking about Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving did something that was very unselfish and that was very pro-choice. Like, that's his body, that's his choice to do what he wants to do. I get it. Some people don't like the way that he carries on and, you know, some of his, you know, contributing factors to a negativity towards the ball club. But he produces, though. When he's on the floor, he produces. Now, for him to take a timeout for himself, to not get the shot that this never-ending pandemic for three years now and flip-flop Fauci, you can't have any credit whatsoever towards the science of it all, the 15 days to the bend the curve, and all this other nonsense that you, you can't penalize people for not wanting to get the vaccine. It's a personal choice. Like, Kyrie Irving is not a distraction. When he's on the court, that's a lethal team, even right now. It's a lethal team. The ramp was out last night. And look, look, and look what um, Harden did. The beard, freaking eight. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. Maybe you can help me out and help me understand where these people are coming from. I, 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 and Sergio, I, I, and thank you for the phone call. I, listen, I, I don't, um, I, I don't, I don't see it. But you know, again, um, you know, call an athlete selfish. You know, it's it's evident. It's been documented and it's been discussed in regard to uh, a number of the uh, the issues. Uh, that Ben is dealing with off the court. And so I just, I want to be, I want to be respectful in that regard. Uh, switching gears here because we do have Cynthia Freeland, who's going to be joining us in about five to, to 10 minutes. Um, we just heard coming in, we, we played a clip for you, Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, uh, giving you the reason why they're, they've decided to go with Joe Flacco. A few things here. Number one, why didn't they have Joe Flacco in the room or a veteran quarterback in the room at the start of the season? First and foremost, right? Um, I know there's there's some reports out there that Joe didn't want to wait around and see what the Jets were going to do with Sam Darnold. So uh, he wanted, you know, one in the hand, two in the bush, whatever the, that phrase means, and uh, wanted to make sure that he had signed with a club. And so that's why he signed with Philadelphia. But nonetheless, he's here now. You know, in, in regard to, you know, not wanting to put Zach Wilson out there against the Miami Dolphins. Now, the Miami Dolphins... Uh, they pressure, they, they, they blitz, third most blitz rate in the NFL, okay? So uh, they do have a, a lot of exotic blitz packages. Will it be hard for Zach Wilson to read? Yes, but dude, you threw them out there. You threw them out there with the Panthers. You threw them out there with the Patriots. You threw them out there with the Broncos. All three losses. So now, now you're taking a step back and saying... You know, maybe the Miami Dolphins is a little bit too much. I, I just a I, I don't I don't get that. And then and then B is Joe Flacco even going to be on this 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 team next season? I don't think so. Like, I get that Mike White, uh, you know, wet the bed last week, but it but it was the Bills who a number of people, including myself, have winning the Super Bowl this year. It was the Bills, mind you. And um, and don't you want to see a little bit more in regard to what you have with Mike White? I, like, I, I just, I, I don't, and with all due respect to Joe Flacco, like, I just, I, I look at him as a, like, last resort. So if, if Zach Wilson is, is injured and can't go, Mike White is injured and can't go, okay, now you go to Flacco. But to go to Flacco now, 
And and again, for the reasons that, that that's being discussed, one, you don't want to put Zach Wilson in a pressure situation against a aggressive Miami's de- Miami defense. Well, you did it at the start of the season. You didn't worry about it then. Right? And number two, is it about winning ball games? Well, <laughs> you should if, if it was about winning ball games, you should have started Mike White at the beginning of the season. If it was about winning ball games. I just, I, I'm, I'm perplexed. I, I don't, it's, it's, it's not like you're going anywhere either. It's, it's not like, uh, you know, there's an opportunity to make it to the postseason or it's just not. So, you know, if anything, now's the time to really see what you got in Mike White. Now's the time to put Zach Wilson out there in a situation you know, already what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine games into the season. He's had an opportunity to experience what it is to play in the NFL. He's ob- has had an opportunity to sit on the sideline and watch, watch how another quarterback prepares, digest, take it all in. Sometimes watching the speed of the NFL from the sideline is very different than when you're in it. I, I just, I don't, I don't get this decision. I really don't. 800-919-3776. Maybe you do. Quick break. We come back. We'll talk to Cynthia Freeland about it. We'll take your calls. Um, I also want to dive into the, uh, the giant situation, which, by the way, breaking news, not so breaking. I mean, this is not a surprise to me, but uh, Sterling Shepard has been ruled out. He will, missed, he will miss the Monday night game against the Bucs. But Kadarius Toney, um, Galladay, Barkley, Evans, Okay, Thomas expected back on the offensive line. So um, things are looking up for Daniel Jones against a Bucks secondary that's beat up. And, uh, and, and I, think, I think Daniel can have some success against, against the Bucks on Monday night. The big question mark is, you know, uh, this, this Giants defense and how good can they be against a, a struggling Bucks offense. They've lost two in a row but they do get Gronk back and they are at home. And this is a Bucks team that plays much better at home than they do on the road. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, check it out now. Uh, no doubt now. Uh, that music only means one thing. Check it, out now. it means it's Saturday at 1.30. And it means Cynthia Freeland joins us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can see her all over the NFL network. What's up, Cynthia? How are you, my friend? I'm better than Michigan State right now. Yo, I, I've, like, I've turned it off. Like, I'm like, all right. <laughs> I mean, oh, my God. 42 nothing with six minutes left in the second quarter. I mean, I just... I just tweeted like somebody stop the bleeding, just call the game, like mercy rule. There's got is is there a mercy rule in college football? There should be in this game. I don't think so, <laughs> unfortunately, and especially not if the one where like college game days at. Sheesh. I know. What were they thinking? I mean, I don't know, man. I mean, they thought it was going to be better than this. Michigan State was just ranked in like the top. They were just right up at the top of the polls, and now they're who knows what this is, but. I'm glad I'm not in East Lansing this weekend. Let's just say that. Yeesh. Okay. All right. All right. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. But, you know, 
Let, let's let's dive. Let's either place. Um, let's dive right into the Jets and their decision to go with Joe Flacco. I'm a little perplexed here. I don't quite understand it. Right, like you don't bring a vet in the quarterback room from day one after you draft Zach Wilson. You obviously didn't start your better quarterback that was in that room because even though Mike White is not starting and he did not have a great performance last week, I still believe Mike White was the best quarterback on the roster when the season started. And then now. You're nine games in. You've no shot to go to the postseason. The season's blown. Don't you want to see what you still have in Mike White? Give him, I mean, granted, he went up against the Buffalo Bills. Arguably, some few people feel best defense, top three defense in the NFL. Don't you either want to get Zach Wilson back out there with some more NFL experience or see what you got in Mike White? I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't quite understand this decision. Do you? I think it's more about I think they're trying to figure out, okay, what do we have with the pass catcher? Clearly, Zach Wilson, I mean, this to me is a clear indication that he's not 100% or he's not close enough to 100% for them to think that this is a fair shake. I think they're really trying to preserve, like, you know, you, you see a lot of, like, look at Tua. It's going to be very confusing for him, you know, having to mentally navigate whatever they're doing to him. We want you. We don't want you. You're a starter. We hate you. We love you. You're great. We, you're terrible. Like, all of this stuff, right? So I think what they're trying to do is, unless he's, like, 100%, I I kind of like why not like you know put him on the shelf and keep him healthy and because the O line's not completely in place although Elijah Vera Tucker's played very well you need more than just like you know one or two guys to show up and you know maybe they're trying to see which pass catchers they have they spent a lot of money on Corey Davis in, the, in free agency and I think they're trying to test that out because if if he if he's not a hundred percent why roll him out there with a chance to you know aggravate something that's already painful or hurting that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, and, and you mentioned Tua, and we want you, we don't want you, we love you, we don't love you, I'm not in love with you anymore, okay, we love bye. You, we you, you're starting, you're right. not, you don't right. to play so, like, this, like, it's mean. It's, like, so, really mentally challenging. Absolutely, um, and, and I've been trying to find out, I've, I've been texting, and, and maybe you know, and I, I think I've asked you this, and I don't think anyone really knows, like, at the end of the day, whose decision was it to take Tua over Herbert? Like, was it Ross? Was it the coaching staff? Like, based on how we're seeing this play out right now, everything I'm hearing is that, like, Ross wants him gone. Ross wants Watson. But, of course, um, you know, without all the baggage, and, and we don't know. We don't know what baggage exists there because the NFL hasn't made a decision and there's still investigation pending. Um, you know, but the coach comes out and says, no, two is, two, two is our guy. Does the coach have to say that? Who, like, I'm just, yeah. I, I really, like, I would, like, I'd pay, I'd pay money. So I want to know whose decision was it to take Tua over Herbert? Because you and I, we spend the entire week in Indianapolis for the combine. And I'm sure you were hearing the same thing I was. And that was Herbert is the best quarterback in this draft, arguably outside a burrow. And that's who the, that's who the Dolphins should take. But we're hearing that they're going to take Tua. And sure enough, they did. So who's, you know, I, I just, I'm dying to know whose decision that was. I mean, this isn't very nice to the Dolphins, but I think that this is like kind of a management failure, and it's kind of something we've seen a lot. They seem to give up pretty quickly when something doesn't seem to be going right. They don't try to fix it. They just try. It seems like they just kind of punt on it, which is why they're constantly in a rebuild mode. I don't mm -hmm. think that they have good, smart decision makers that are leaders. Like they could have had great intel about all of the quarterbacks, but if they don't have leaders that can fight for what they believe is 
right and will make their football team good and what they, you know, if they're, they're not empowered to make those decisions. Like I think Brian Flores had, you know, and, and I hate to say this, he's a friend of mine, but like, I don't know if he had a ton of input into that decision. It seems like, you know, he's kind of been playing with the hands that were dealt to him, you know, like it's, it's not necessarily, it just seems like, and, the, and they seem to like change, you know, they seem to change direction sort of midstream, right? Like, you know, do you want to Sean? No. Are you going to keep members? There was a lot of uh, Xavier and Howard kind of scuttlebutt going on ahead of the season last year. And they did, they couldn't come to terms with him. It was very confusing. Everything was poorly communicated. It just seems like that place is a poop show. And I think it starts with their management. And I don't necessarily, I think, look, I like their, I, I, I'm glad that they have, you know, they, they have a big emphasis on diversity, but that doesn't mean, like, Chris Greer needs to maybe be questioned here a little bit. Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.70 ESPN. With that being said, uh, what, are, what are your expectations for this game? I'm actually, I'm staying away from it. I don't know what to expect here. You know, you've got a Dolphins offensive line, one of the worst in the NFL. I, I know that the Jets defense hasn't been anything to write home about as well. Don't know what to really expect from Flacco. Um, I, I am playing some overs on the Miles Gaskin receptions and, and, and receiving yards. I think he's going to be utilizing the passing game more this week than normal. I'm also going over with the Corey Davis receptions and receiving yards because Flacco's quarterbacking. But outside of that, uh, there's not much I'm playing here. What about you? Staying away from almost all of this and just going to kind of watch and see because I'm curious to see. I, I really like Michael Carter, and I really think he's been a huge bright spot. This draft class for the Jets has actually been pretty good. Elijah Vera Tucker, you know, Michael Carter, the other Michael Carter on the other side. Like, they've done a nice job of adding rookies, and obviously Elijah Moore has been good as well. I don't know if the strategy is fully cohesive enough for me to think that, you know, I love my projections about any of them. I just think that if you're looking for something for on the jet side to be positive about it, it's the future. They seem to be building this in a really smart way. So I like that. I just don't know. This game seems like, honestly, like I could see almost any score, you know, my gut tells me almost any score could be possible, but my, you know, my math has the dolphins winning by like, I think it's two or three points. So it's just like a complete to me. I'm, I don't, I don't even like the miles Gaskin numbers because I think that the jets defense, like you saw DJ Mosley really step up against the run. Like he, I, I've seen him play really well against it. So I don't know if I even like that in short reception. I, I, that just seems like, it just seems like an aggravating way to start my week or end my week or whichever way you consider Sunday. It's interesting. You think that they did well in regard to the draft because you know, if, if, and, and again, woulda, coulda, shoulda. I, I know that, you know, this is a waste of time, but so what? Uh, I'm going to waste it. And that is uh, the Jets could have had Kyle Pitts and Mac Jones over Zach Wilson and Elijah Vera Tucker. Um, I'll, I'll take Kyle Pitts and Mac Jones seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Um, you know, you, you do that, though, but you, you remember, you know, Mac Jones gets to stand behind a hell of an O-line. And Kyle Pitts has... Look, he's a generational talent, but if you don't have like the other, like if you wouldn't, you wouldn't have. Who, which quarterback would you have gotten then if you wouldn't have been able to? Like it's it's hard to play this game recasting it in that way. I think Kyle Pitts is wonderful. I'm not saying anything bad about either one of those, but you know the offer. You you don't really know what you have in Zach Wilson yet. He's been he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't been on the field. I don't know. I'm I'm more I'm more bullish on the future if they can keep getting draft classes and free agents and. You can't make a team in that was starting where they were starting last year and completely change, overhaul it in one year. It just doesn't work that way. So, I, I mean, I'm just a little bit more bullish on that. And I don't think Mac Jones would have looked like Mac Jones in a different offense and it's behind a different O-line. Maybe if you put him behind, like, Cleveland's O-line or the Cowboys' O-line, but those, those teams didn't need 
they didn't need quarterback. Cynthia Freeland joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, let's talk about the Giants and the Bucks. Uh, just moments ago, Sterling Shepard has been ruled out, but uh, there's still a lot of talent that does return. Kadarius Toney, Galladay, Saquon Barkley, I buried the lead, um, Andrew Thomas on the <laughs> offensive line. Uh, meanwhile, for the Bucs, uh, their secondary is, is pretty banged up. I want to say all four of their starting corners and, and safeties are, are not going to play. Um, they're second in the NFL in, uh, in, in penalties, uh, in, in the passing game defensively. Um, so I, I think there's, I guess what I'm saying here is I think there's an opportunity for Daniel Jones and this offense to put some points on the board. My concern is Logan Ryan. He has to, uh, have two negative COVID tests in order to be able to play on Monday. So uh, watching the wire to hear the news on that. And of course the Bucks get Gronk back. What ha- game script, what do you envision here on Monday night with the Bucks and the Giants, Cynthia? Unfortunately, I think this one looks a little bit more like the Bucks we're used to. You know, don't let the recency bias of what happened last week, like, you know, color what you think is going to happen in this week. I think that, you know, the, the, the area that's been really interesting, and I think, you know, Tom Brady's connection with all of his receivers has been pretty spot on and pretty important. And the way that, and I do think the Giants will put up some points. I don't think that defense is infallible. We saw a way to put up points last week. But the problem that I have here is you don't typically see that kind of game script starting with like negative play from Tom Brady. And you just don't see those kind of turnovers very often. And you typically don't see them back to back. So it's, it's just hard for me to imagine that coming out and happening again or you know, to the point where it got, like, where they actually lose. It could be a closer game. I think that I thought it's, like, 10 points or something like that. I actually, I think that we, we see a big bounce-back spot here for the Bucks. But I, I would, I understand why people think that it would be, um, it would be smart to, to think at least the Giants can get some points. Um, other big game, and I think it's, I think it's the biggest, and, and that is the Dallas Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the wrong team is favored here. I think this is a reaction based on the performance that we saw Kansas City put up against the Raiders last week. But Dallas on the road getting two and a half at Kansas City. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I actually think Kansas City wins by more than three. And I, Kansas City, I always get they are they don't like to cover their totals at all like Kansas City just it just doesn't like they get bid up in the marketplace because of the perception of how good they are etc they understand why that happens but at the same time I I think in this matchup the interesting part is you've seen over the past three games and Patrick Mahomes did not play well against the Giants but you saw they have they've stopped asking Patrick to use his legs I think the last three games it's like 10 rushing yards negative two rushing yards and zero rushing yards from Mahomes and so those throws on the run they they basically put the are back in the RPO, right? So they're actually running with a running back, and they're getting healthier at the running back position. I think that could be something where the Cowboys sort of falter. And I know it's hard to imagine that, but, you know, you're also missing some pieces, like Amari Cooper's not playing. And is Tyron Smith playing? Because left tackle is going to be a big, important spot, especially, you know, that you've seen the Kansas City Chiefs now be able to bring at least some heat on defense. What is your favorite matchup? What's your favorite play heading into week 11? You know, I think, I I don't know why, like, you know, I don't know why it's my favorite, but I think that the Cincinnati Bengals, like, beat up on the Raiders. I think, yeah. it's, I think it's a pretty significant win. And I think Cincinnati, I think it, it's interesting because 
I think we've seen, you know, people like, oh, well, now that they, he can't connect for touchdowns with Jamar Chase and they lost to the Jets and blah, 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 like this whole thing. I'm like, no, everyone's allowed to have like a bad game and drop one, right? Like, and then now you get it back together. They had, they had the week off. Like, I think that their, their defense is good enough to be able to, to handle, even though Derek Carr's been playing awesome, I just think that they have enough weapons on their offensive side to handle. The quick pass for Joe Burrow is what he's the best at in the league. He has the highest yards per attempt average on quick passes. And, of course, the Raiders' defensive front brings the most pressure. So how do you get rid of pressure? Pressure, quick passes. So I think you see, I think you see the Bengals win this one. Yeah, also, if you look at uh, Joe Burrow against cover three, uh, he's he's really remarkable. 80% completion percentage, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL against cover three. And the Raiders, I want to say, play a cover three defense um, majority of the time. And their offense, you know, sad story in regard to Henry Ruggs, but uh, their offense oh, has not been... The- yeah, but their offense has not been the same without him, and, and Darren Waller obviously has been struggling without him as well, um, opening up the middle of the field. All right, as always, we'd like to end the show or in, in, in the segment with you talking all things fantasy because you do give our listeners a lot of great nuggets, as always, Cynthia. So uh, let's start with the quarterbacks. Who are the ones that you are eyeing that most people might not be, might not be so obvious? I mean, I don't know if it's not obvious or I, I don't know where we are on this uh, obvious scale. But I think that Cam Newton comes out and just has a puts on a show. Looks like he's having fun. They kind of feel like they've got nothing but upside to play for, it seems like. And there's been questions how many snaps we're going to take, do not, whatever. I think, you know, he goes out against his former, his former coach, and I think he just has fun, and I think it looks good for your, for your daily lineups. Like, I wouldn't obviously – like, if you have Matthew Stafford who's on a bye, and you could maybe roll with, with him. But, you know, if Joe Burrow's available, you're going to take Joe Burrow over Cam Newton. But – I think Cam could be fun for your daily plays. I love, I love like the good, like I'm back Cam. I, I'm not going to like do an impersonation of him, but I, that clip, like I know we've seen it everywhere, but I kind of can't get enough of it. So, you know, the shirts that I wear on daily wager, I, I, I yes. ordered, I ordered, I ordered a I'm back Cam Newton shirt. I'm, I'm hoping, Perfect. I, I don't, I know, I don't think it'll arrive by tomorrow, but um, hopefully it'll arrive. It's well, oh, come we're, on. We're, I bet somebody from UPS or FedEx has got to be listening. <laughs> We're dark all next week because of Thanksgiving. So not back on until Sunday. We'll see. But, but really quick, you're well, not, you're not, be, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, I'm back. Um, you're not worried at all. Exactly. Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, knowing his tendencies and you're not worried about no. that at all. This okay. defense gives up. These corners give up the highest, like the highest, like they, they give up a ton of yards. I can't remember right now if it's the highest completion percentage or if it's the highest quarterback passer rating in the league to, you know, 10 plus air yard passes. It's one of those. Either way, it's bad news. <laughs> so, yeah. No, running backs. Ron Rivera's not playing. <laughs> no, that's for sure. R- uh, running backs. I-, I love A.J. Dillon this week. Um, yep. I picked him up, had him actually, stashed him o- away in a lot of leagues. So, uh, locked and ready to go for me in fantasy, but um, you know what? What are some of the other, other running backs you think are going to have success this week? Yeah. So interestingly enough, I still think you could go with even though Nick Chubb is back, I think you could actually roll with the Darius Johnson play here against the Lions. Why? Because I don't think this is even remotely a competitive game. The Lions are. I mean, look, Tim Boyle. That's all I have to say. If you don't know who that is, exactly. <laughs> that's the Lions' quarterback. That's who they're rolling out. That's who they're trotting on the field to play quarterback. So 
I don't like this opportunity. I think that there could be a huge, like a huge running game script, especially in the second half. So you got to Dearness Johnson, roll with him because Nick Chubb could come out guns blazing first half and then they could roll with Dearness Johnson and just like run, 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 Lions. Okay, let's, it's going to look a lot like this Michigan State-Ohio State game. I think that's a sneaky good play. Wide receivers. Okay, so when I'm looking at my wideouts this week, I mean, I, I actually really do like Donovan Peoples-Jones, who's a wide receiver for the Browns. I think that could be a, a really interesting one. He, I like the, na- the narrative there, too. He like, went to Michigan, and his family can come watch it, whatever. So it's, I like that, too. It's fun. But I think your Gabe Davis could be an interesting one. The Colts give up the most passing or receiving touchdowns in the league so far. Gabe Davis has been this deep threat. We saw him catch all three of his 10-plus air yard passes last week. We obviously know the Bills like to slang it. So I think you could get some nice upside with Gabe Davis this week. Um, and last but not least, tight ends. Who you have your eye on? You know, the tight end market is very interesting. I think that, like, I liked my tight end plays from the Thursday night game. Thank goodness I, like, you know, I didn't put too much stock into it, but I was wrong on that one. So, I don't know. I, when I look at this one, I think you could probably roll it back with it. the Jared Cook situation. I don't love it. But if you don't have, outside of the, some of the top guys, you're, you're probably, this week, I don't love the tight end market this week. But, I mean, if you have Dawson Knox, you're playing him. But I don't know if that, I don't know if most, most people have him or not. I love Cole Komet, you know. Um... I think a lot of people are on this one. And I, I, my fear, though, is that that Bears injury report is ridiculously long so I'm just a little I know that that's a great match if the Ravens are really really generous to opposing tight ends but I don't know that like it's so long that I'm like oh gosh like it just scares me off of it just a little bit also I like um Adam Trotman for the uh the, the Saints against Philadelphia ever since Simeon has taken over um he's averaging six targets a game and Philadelphia is one of the worst yeah. defenses against I mean, opposing look- tight ends you could always go with the Dan Arnold one, too, because the Jags, like, their yep. offense basically runs through Dan Arnold. So I like that one, too. But like I said, all of them this week, every single one this week that's not your, you know, your prime, your prime guys, you're, to me, there's just, they're just a lot of risky positions for all of them. Like, again, you can go with the – all of those are great options. But to me, find your disproportionate upside in another position this week. This is like a weird tight end week, I think. Watch there be, like, 15 tight end scores now just because I said that. <laughs> She is Cynthia Freeland, always joining us so uh, so graciously uh, here on Saturday at 1.30. Appreciate you as always, my friend. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Absolutely. You just got me so excited for the combine. I cannot wait already. <laughs> You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Here comes the money. Joe Wiz on 98.7 ESPN, brought to you by PlaySugarHouse.com. Joe. How are you? I'm great, but you forgot to text me your plays. So I, I don't even know what to tee you up for, dude. Don't worry about it. Just ask me about who I think, <laughs> what dogs are going to win, and I'll give you the winners. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, right, I'm an easy interview. <laughs> let's, uh, let, let's, let's, go, let's go with college football. Uh, give, me, uh, give me your two top plays heading into uh, this afternoon. 
I like two dogs here. Um, one game goes at 7.30, and they're both out on the West Coast. In the Pac-12, this game actually is at, uh, in Salt Lake City. The Utes are playing the Ducks of Oregon. Much more important game for the Ducks right now. They're at 9-1. and one. They're getting three, and people like, well, why are they getting three? Utah's really good, and uh, but th- this game is not as important to Utah because um, they still have a shot to play in the Pac-12 championship. Oregon is not worried about the Pac-12. They're worried about keeping them keeping themselves in the national championship picture. We're getting three points, uh, Anita, with Oregon. I'm taking the three with Oregon, uh, and I think they have a shot to win the game outright. I'm taking them plus three and on the money line. I think that they'll be able to keep this game close, and I expect it to be a high-scoring affair. Seven of the last eight meetings between Oregon and Utah have gone over the total. Are you keeping an eye on this Ohio State-Michigan State game? I went on Twitter. I said somebody just is, there should be a mercy rule. No, it's interesting because everybody was talking about that game, and everyone was like, why is the line only, why is the line 19? And it seemed like it was such an inflated line, but it was, certainly was a clear trap game. I mean, Ohio State wanted to send a message, and they certainly did. Uh, Michigan State season, uh, any hopes of them for the Big 12 are over, and Ohio State and Michigan next week is going to be a classic. I can't wait to see that game next Saturday. It's always a classic uh, when it's Ohio State and Michigan, that's for sure. So, by the way, Ohio State is up 49-0 against Michigan State with about uh, six minutes left in the third quarter. Oh, it's just uh, – the head coach of Michigan State, Mel Tucker, better get that contract signed. He was due for a big contract extension, um, like $8 million. So, I hope he signed that contract before he played today. Uh, do you have another college game for later on this afternoon, or uh, is 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 that uh, is that the only one you're you're eyeing? We're going far west to the northwest, Anita, Oregon State. The Beavers are taking on uh, Arizona State. I like the dog in this game as well. I like Oregon State plus three. I feel they have the wrong team favorite here. Same scenario, except this one's at home. We're getting a lot. I love home dogs. I know you do as well. I'm taking Oregon State, the Beavers, plus the three. And on the money line, I think they will beat Arizona State outright. I like this game actually a little bit better than I do the Oregon Ducks because the Ducks are on the road. But at home getting three, I think the Ducks, I think uh, Oregon State, the Beavers, have a shot to win the game outright. I'm taking plus three, and I'm taking the money line. <laughs> um, again, Joe is joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. He has his own uh, gambling show here on our network. Why don't you let the folks know exactly when, where, and how they can tune in, Joe? Thanks for asking. Um, on Friday nights, I usually follow your show. You have such a great audience, so I have like thousands of people listening to my show. Uh, it's a great audience. I don't have to tell anybody. They know as soon as uh, everybody listening to your show, they just stay tuned. And I'm on on Saturday mornings um, at 7 a.m. and Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. And I return the favor, Need I try and get people up early in the morning at 6 a.m. So when your fantasy show comes on at 7 a.m., at least some of my people are up and waking up and they're all going out to play golf and they put their bets in and they're getting ready for all your uh, great fantasy tips that you have and your uh, jet stuff that you talk about. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, all right. So, so hopefully we've just given our listeners two college winners so that they can go into tomorrow, week 11 in the NFL, uh, up playing with some house money. Um, I did well on Thursday night. I'll call him my guy, uh, Mac Jones, because I was on him before he came out in the draft. But nonetheless, um, you know, just was systematic, put on a clinic. That Patriots defense also did the job, uh, pitching a shutout to the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So Patriots 25 nothing, really unbelievable. By the way, futures bet. You know, you can get the Patriots to win 
the AFC East at plus 250 right now. Prior to that game against the Falcons, it was 3 to 1, plus 350 in some places. So, uh I, I still I'm still committed to the Bills. That was my Super Bowl pick, Bills against the Rams. That's my matchup. I'm still committed to them, but um but you know, I just I think that there's some value there, especially the way that the Patriots defense is playing. Agree or disagree? I do agree, um, and you know it's going to be interesting. The Patriots play Buffalo twice in December, so we're going to get a great indication because um, they're peaking. The Patriots right now are peaking at the right time. You know it's interesting, and either we all know about Mattress Mac and all the big bets he made. Mattress Mac just made a bet the other day, two million dollars on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. I think he's getting back like a 10-to-1 return. You have the probably better updated odds, but he made a $2 million bet on the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. Wow. How about yes. that? <laughs> All right, uh, let's turn our attention to what's going on with the Jets and the Dolphins. Uh, the Dolphins are favored by 3.5. Are you touching this because I'm not? No, I mean, it's a little bit disappointing. I was listening to your show earlier today, and everybody, there isn't one person that can sit there and defend Soleil and why they're going with Flacco. Um, it's just amazing that they don't give this kid, uh, Mike White, a chance to quarterback. I mean, Flacco's not even going to be around next year. I, know I heard you talking about it earlier here. Jets have 22 turnovers. Uh, they have more turnovers than touchdowns here. and It's hard to say they've given up 121 points the last three games here. I don't like playing favorites here. Uh, I would make a small plan of Dolphins in this game at minus the three. Um, I don't see the Jets scoring more than 10 points. Dolphins' defense is good. They've won back-to-back games. They beat the Ravens, which are a good team, and they beat the Texans. And uh, Joe Flacco, uh, his best days are behind him, 36 years old. I'm not sure what the position is on the Jets. They must know something we don't know. But I lean small towards Miami in this game, but only at minus three. Prior to you coming on, I was talking about the Giants and the Bucks. Um, wouldn't be surprised if the Giants upset the Bucks. I'm not going to play the money line, but I am going to take the 11. I like the Giants plus 11, one of my favorite plays this week. So what say you? Yeah, uh, well, you know I'm not going to be laying 11 points in any sporting event. So when you look at it here, I again, was listening to your show. I love listening to you and getting all the <laughs> updates and injury reports. I don't have to do any work. I just listen to them. I'm like, let me put on an either. She sits there and stays up till 3 in the morning. All right, great. You gave me the update. Giants are healthy, and uh, Daniel Jones is going to have some weapons there. When, you know, the question mark is how healthy is Shaquan Barkley, Anita? We really don't know. He was gimpy during practice this week, and he's going to give it a go. But Shepard's out. Again, I got that on your show. But the Giants' defense, you know, they've allowed 20 or less points in the last three games. And uh, But as a road dog, the Giants are the best in the NFL, 19-4 uh, and four against the spread since 2018. And the Patriots, uh, Patriots-Tampa, every time I think of Brady, I think of Patriots. But um, with Tampa, their last two games, they, you know, they're both on the road. They lost at Washington last week, 29-19. And then they lost at New Orleans, 36-27. Their defense has given up a ton of points, 65 points in the last two games i think that this is going to be a high scoring affair uh 49 and a half is a lot but i'm taking the dog uh giants i feel strong about them at plus the 11 and a half i've got a few games that i i really do like this week one being the Bengals uh minus one uh at, at at the raiders i had cynthia freeland on earlier today she's on that side with me as well i also like the eagles at home I got them at minus one and a half. That line now is minus two and a half at home against the Saints. Ever since the Eagles, Eagles run the ball now 60% of the time. And since they've done that, um, they have been winning and they have found success offensively. Uh, those are those are two of my, I also I like, I like the Ravens and the Bears over at 43 and a half. Um, 
I'm going to tease the Bills down to minus one at home against the Colts. I, I mean, th- there's, there's a lot of, you know, I, I like the 49ers, Jags over 45. There, there, there's a lot of lines here that I like this week, which is kind of scary to me. But nonetheless, what, what, is your, what is your favorite play this week? There's a couple of them here. I'm betting against Kansas City. Um, they burnt me last week. I think they burnt us all. At least they did to me. Um, you know, but I don't think, you know, everyone's like, oh, Kansas City's back. Well, they beat a Raider team, which is mediocre at this point. I know you're on Cincinnati, but the Raiders are mediocre. They lost to the Giants at MetLife Stadium. And finally, these distractions may be catching up to the Raiders, you know, with Gruden and Ruggs, and then they have another guy who's on YouTube yelling and screaming. So in this matchup here, um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, when you look at it here, there's a couple of games here, but I like Dallas, um, um, you know Dallas. I've been riding them most of the season this this year, uh, since week one when they were when they were a big dog at Tampa. And um, the Chiefs still cannot be trusted. You know, the line's small; it's only two and a half. But um, they're still five and sixteen against the spread in the last twenty-one games. So I think Dallas is the better team, and you're getting two and a half. So um, I'm taking Dallas plus the two and a half. It bought them to three, but also took the money line on that game. Uh, and another game that I look at um, Arizona. I'm thinking Murray's not going to play. Uh, most likely lines indicating that the line's down to a pick And if he's not playing, they're just not the same team. Even though Arizona has won all five of their road games this year, they're 5-0 and straight up and against the spread. But, you know, when you have Colt McCoy, they might as well have Joe Flacco at quarterback because they're both in the same level. Um, the Lions are about to pick them. We've got to give Russell Wilson a pass last week in Green Bay. Maybe he needed a week to get under the belt. And Green Bay's defense isn't respected the way it should be. Um, I think that Arizona or Murray is a good play. And even Sunday night, I'm on the Steelers. I'm going with Big Ben. I'm taking the five. The terrible towels are going to invade SoFi Stadium. Chargers have tanked it in. They haven't been playing well in either. P- Pittsburgh's a live dog at plus the five. I always like dogs at plus five. It's a dead number, but when it comes to sports betting, that plus five covers over 60% of the time. Yeah, Chargers, one of the one of the worst rushing defenses in the NFL, and, and the Steelers have Najee Harris, who's just been outstanding this season. Uh, Murray's going to be a game-time decision. My gut tells me he doesn't play um, Joe, because the Cardinals have a bye next week, I think they sit him another game. That's just my 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 two cents. I don't have any inside information there, and also keep in mind they don't have uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I'm with you with the Dallas Cowboys. I think the wrong team is favored here. I've already put money down on Dallas on the money line, um, and uh, and I think you're right. I think a lot of people you know are, are underestimating this Packers defense. I think you can argue they're one of the best top three in the NFL. And uh, I'm, I'm tired of backing Kirk Cousins. Uh, he just he, he can't beat teams that are above 500. And obviously the Packers are way above it since they're eight and two on the season. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, Green Bay doesn't get the respect. Everyone talks about Aaron Rodgers. It's the defense that does a really good job here. And, um, you know, you got to look at Kansas City when they beat, uh, you know, when they won last week, they beat the Raiders one game. But the week prior to that, they struggled against Green Bay at Arrowhead uh, against Jordan Love. All right? Jordan Love gave me some love, a plus seven and a half. So I won that bet. But when you take a look at here, I'm not interested in uh, being involved with the uh, Kansas City team until they've proven they can do it more than once. Um, and they've, ter- they've had turnover problems all season long to still lead the NFL in 19 turnovers in that game. So I think that that's a good spot. And the line indicates Murray being out. I mean, I always look at the line moves, Anita, and even without looking at the injury reports, I can see the lines. And when that line's down, it will pick him. I just looked at it before I came on the air with you. Um, I'd be surprised if he plays. And uh, I know you were on that as well. Um, if he doesn't play, um, I think Seattle at home with Russell Wilson, they rebound and uh, they get the job done uh, in that game. So it's going to be a great great Sunday of NFL. And I'm going – thanks 
Thanksgiving Day, and he said, Happy Thanksgiving Thursday. So Lions get their first win on Thanksgiving morning, Thanksgiving afternoon. I'm coming on the air right now. Lions get their first win against the Chicago Bears Thanksgiving morning. That's my happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Take the Lions oh, on Thanksgiving wow. Day. Wow. Drop, <laughs> drop the mic. Exit stage left. Thank you so much, Joe. Appreciate you as always. Uh, good luck this week. Thank you very much. Happy Thanksgiving.